Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you're welcome to this channel. Please check the description box to find out what this video is about. Please put the video in 780p or 1080p so that you can get a much better picture. And without further ado, let's continue. The next prophecy that I will be reading is entitled Sedition and the Fall. I received this word from the Lord on the 30th of July, 2020. So um, before I go further, the reason that I decided that this would be the next video is because sometimes I, I, I felt anyway, I felt that it would be good in between the prophecies declaring that there will be war in the United States to just bring um, a prophecy that the Lord would have given that gives a little bit of insight into why uh, war will come. I described in the previous video that war is not something that just happens. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, what man of you that desires to build a tower will not first sit down and take account of his resources. What man of you will not first sit down and see how much you have available before you embark on such a costly work as building a tower? And the Lord went on to say, the reason that men will do this is because if you do not first sit and assess, if you have enough resources, have enough strength, have enough team members or soldiers or whatever it is that you need to embark on a project, you'll end up stalled halfway. And then he says that you will become an object of mockery. So I'm sure we've seen, you know, when somebody says, oh, I'm going to build a mansion or I'm going to build this or that, and they stop, they start, and then the, pros the, the project stalls halfway or sometimes three quarter ways. And, and you, you drive by and you see this unfinished house. Every time you see an unfinished house or an unfinished project or whatever it is, you're looking at, someone who decided to embark upon a situation or a thing and yet did not take time to give long range planning any effect, didn't take into account perhaps fluctuations in the market, didn't take into account, well, what happens if I lose my job or what happens if the money that I used to start this project falters? And so war is a similar process. You don't just jump into a war. You don't just decide, oh, today I'm going to war. Many nations have been provoked by other nations in the international space, but they do not go to war as quickly as this one does. In fact, if you read the papers, if you just follow along on YouTube and you get the news highlights, you'll see that in many nations, they have a war of words, you know? They have ongoing feuds. They have sometimes centuries old disagreements, but you never see those nations engaging in war. They don't have, they don't have a war machine. They don't have a war mongering outset. In fact, if we're honest, in the modern space, unless it's a kind of tribal conflict that erupts in smaller, more localized countries and they fight civil wars within themselves, or there's maybe brief spats, we haven't actually seen any major, major wars 
involving two or more combatants, unless I'm mistaken, I, I could be mistaken. I leave room for correction, of course, but one nation that we constantly see, not even formally declaring war as the international treaties state, but just getting into choppers and getting into drones and going over, going over there and bombing places and occupying places is the United States. In modern history, the action has been almost all hers. So in the times to come, the Lord occasionally gives me prophecy that shows sort of the buildup to why these judgments will come to America, sort of the buildup to how easy it will be for these judgments to come to America. And one theme that God has highlighted exhaustively is that there are definitely forces in this nation who perhaps we might even say are the energizer batteries, the superpower charge to why this nation goes to war so quickly, to why she goes out and makes enemies so freely. There is a group, um, I have no idea how, how many they are, I have no idea what their motivation is, but the things that God shows me definitely shows, and I'm going to say it, definitely shows that there is, if Pinocchio is the puppet and Geppetto is the one who carved him and brought him to life, then the United States of America is to a very large extent the outward visible puppet and there is an unseen hand, a Geppetto, if you will, behind Pinocchio. So we watch Pinocchio go to Afghanistan and chase the Taliban and do this and command NATO to do this. And we watch Pinocchio in the Asian Peninsula setting up bases in, I think it's Osaka, I'm not sure. But there's definitely an, an island in Japan where America has and maintains uh, a physical military base. And she's got physical military bases in the Philippines. And she's got them in uh, South Korea. And all these things greatly antagonize China because China always sees itself as the behemoth that should be ruling that area, but America makes sure to let that massive, massive country know we've got guns on you at all times. And so Pinocchio's out there a lot. We see the United States moving, making moves and conducting um, uh, military drills in the Caspian Sea. And we know that's close to Russian territory. And we watch Pinocchio do a lot and I wonder if we sometimes take time to wonder how much of Pinocchio's activity is motivated by Geppetto, who is the one that carved the puppet and could manipulate him on strings. So this is one such prophecy that shows that there is an unseen hand. Nothing is unseen to Jesus. Jesus has these eyes that can tell you the temperature of your blood at any given time. Nothing is unseen to the master. And so let's hear 
what the master has to say. So I had a, a series of dreams. And the first dream I saw a group of women. These were American women. These were definitely women in power. These were by turns, I would say, I think anyway, they had to be either political women, but among them was quite a few women who were the wives of powerful men. Not all political, but definitely women of power and women connected to power. Um, there's, there's women who have a lot of influence, not because of anything they're doing. They may be at home baking apple pie, but the man, the man that they're baking apple pie for, if you knew who he was and if you knew how much power and influence he has when he enters a room or when anyone is called into his presence, power trickles down, brothers and sisters. If a woman is the wife of a king and if the woman has the ear of that king. She is, in a way, the king. So I saw powerful American women, and they had all gathered on a very nice front porch, and they were having just an afternoon sister affair. Um, they had punch and cake and tea, and they were sitting in circles. So there was an inner circle, and then there was another circle, and then there was another circle. And uh, humble little me, God had uh, put me in one of the seats that was in the, in the outermost circle, right? So this is a dream. I was seated in one of the most outer circles and what these women were talking about utterly belied the scene. So it was such a, such a baby shower, kind of bridal shower, relaxed scene. But these women were discussing how to kill America. They were discussing her downfall as easily as if they were discussing clothes on sale at the mall. They were talking about how to make America fall. They were talking about when America should fall. They were talking about what the outcome should be, who should get what when it falls. And I couldn't believe what I heard. And I couldn't contain the look on my face. I couldn't I couldn't have a poker face and just go, mm, no, they, they were so laissez-faire about it. They were so casual, but I was stunned and I was shocked. And I think it's a good thing that I was at the outer end because nobody saw my face. Nobody even cared that I was there. And so the discussion was getting very deep and very detailed. Um, I, when I woke up, I could not remember the details, but I know that these people were planning the fall of America. They were complimenting the cake and filling up cups. And yet at the same time, they were discussing how many people were going to die according to different acts that they were going to bring about. Remember, if the woman is like the king, then you know that it is the kings who will bring about this act. So they were talking about what if the masses rebel? You know, what if the people fight back? What if the people figure it out? We'll handle that. Okay, we'll do this if the people do this and we'll try this. And if they catch on to it, then uh, we'll get around it by doing that. They were engaged in seditious activity. Sedition is when you use words or when you plan events or when you plan acts or when you create organizations that incite rebellion against the established order. Sedition is when you look at the edifice of a nation and begin to go, 
how can I weaken it? How can I pull it down and destroy it? And so as I listened to these women, it got too much for me. I got up from my chair. I went down the steps. I looked in the right and the left direction as if to say, where shall I go? How shall I get away from these people? And then I started to walk, walk north in the dream. And then a voice came to me and said, sedition is at work in America. She is about to be torn apart. The yeast of discontent is fast at work in her, but there will be no cohesion to keep her together. She will fall apart. She will be torn apart. The architects of destruction from within her and also from without will destroy this nation and bring it down to rubble, which is just nothing but crushed and broken stones and bare bones in the time to come. This is the word of the Lord. Now I woke up when I heard that voice speaking and there was a vision before my eyes. And what I saw was a Tupperware container with a blue lid. And I couldn't tell what was inside the container, but I could see that foam was vigorously coming out of the sides of that lid. And as I looked, I saw that it was yeast and that this yeast had somehow come into contact with water. Now, anybody who bakes knows that to activate yeast, it doesn't, it can't stay dry. You have to put water or milk or something on it and then it goes into action. And so I saw that the yeast was fizzing and fighting its way out of the container. And the impression and the understanding that came to my heart is that America was like a powder keg of ammunition that's been lit. Just like those old cartoon balls, you know, the black cartoon ball with the, with the stem, the little stem, it looks like a little apple. And then you light the stem and you watch the, watch the fuse come down to the bomb and then poof, it goes. And so I remembered and I shared here that yeast in the scripture represents spoilage. It represents corruption and it represents ruin. In fact, this is why Jesus always tells us to keep our souls free of the yeast. He even said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Why? Because he was saying that the teachings of the Pharisees, when they enter your heart, they will fizz and bubble and corrupt everything that is true and holy and good about the scriptures in you. Yeast also represents sin. And so I knew that the nation was being shown as a container of yeast that is bursting its boundaries because sin is overflowing in the United States and finally coming out into the open. This has been a year where we have seen quite some scandals, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter if you live in the deepest jungles of Papua New Guinea. As long as you have Wi-Fi and you've been watching America, then you have surely seen some things this year. And my guess is that there will be more to come. So the Lord said that there will be no warning given to this nation, that forces that are larger than America will squeeze and squeeze and squeeze like a python or anaconda. And then I saw a huge snake. I am not talking about just a snake snake. I'm not talking about anything that you've seen on TV with CGI. This thing was as big as a tree or more the size of its coils, and it was wrapped around in coils at the base, but the head was awake, right? And I remembered, right, that when a snake is coiled at the bottom with its body raised up, 
if the head is visible, that snake is giving you a warning. So the most famous snake that we see like that is the cobra. The cobra will stay coiled, but the head will bob and weave. And the snake is letting you know, I'm not happy. I'm upset. Stay away from me, right? If you don't antagonize that snake, it will go down. But the snake that I saw was not a snake that kills by striking. The snake that I saw was a python or an anaconda. It's the kind of snake that relies on its coils to wrap around the body of its victim and then it kills by squeezing, by squeezing the life out of the prey until you finally die. And so the Lord brought me to understand that it is slow, patient, hidden forces working slowly, squeezing, that will squeeze the life out of this nation. God made me to understand the decline of America is exactly as I said in the beginning of this video. It's not going to be something that just people wake up and be like, let's break it apart. No, this is something that people have sat and carefully considered. This is something that people have planned for decades and decades and decades, more decades than I've been alive, probably more decades than some of you have been alive. But some of you have been alive long enough to watch this slow decline. God has spoken to you and let you understand that there are hidden hands at work that have been against this nation since way past the last few administrations that we've seen. And now that they are coming to the pinnacle of their great plan, ladies and gentlemen, these men, these women will not let anything stand in their way. And so the last thing that was shown to me in this vision was slavery. Now, I've spoken of this many times. I've said that on this blog, I will not shy away from what the Lord gives me. I will proclaim it. I will say it. The Lord has shown it to me. Slavery will be again. Slavery will happen. We've seen now and then it's been happening to Africans from Nigeria. They're being seized out there near the Middle East. We see there's this insidious slavery where people from third world countries, mostly in Africa, and some of them in the Caribbean who want a better life, they take up these jobs, they go to Dubai and stuff like that. And then we hear these horror stories of how these people have their passports taken away from them. They're working in the house and they're being used as sexual madams by the people that they're working for. They're being abused. They're being domestic, they're suffering domestic violence. And because they don't have their passports and also a lot because of racial disparity, they're not even able to speak up. Some of them die. Some of them, their families never hear about them again, you know, but I'm talking about the famous slavery where you chain people up and you take them away from their nation and you take them to your nation and there you use them as spoil. You use them as um, comfort women. You sleep with them as you like. You turn them into a financial trade, man and woman, into a sexual commodity to please the people in your nation. You give out some of them as courtesans to high-ranking people. I've spoken that I've seen that rich people in Asia uh, took males, females, and smaller children that they were fond of, and they were their 
sexual companions and because they had fallen in love with these people they gave them clothing they gave them money they put them up in much better accommodations than the people the slaves who were in the brothels who were just being constantly injected with carefully mixed opiates and uh, having to sleep with man after man after man and having to take shot after shot of these drugs until they died. So in this vision, I spoke again of slavery. The Lord said that this nation will be stripped naked and taken into slavery. I've shared that I have seen so many visions of naked Americans lined up all colors, ladies and gentlemen. And I saw that I said that I've seen in the in the thing how some of the captives had um, crosses on their necks, which means that they were Christians, but they were carnal Christians who did not heed the word of the Lord to change, to purify their lives, to cling to their Lord. And therefore, when judgment came, captivity came. And when captivity came, slavery came. And when slavery came, nakedness came. And these people were not exempted. They were not safe. So in this vision, I saw the naked people again. And I also saw zip ties. Zip ties. You know the zip ties? And I saw zip ties of all colors. Yellow, red, blue, black, white. And they were raining down as if someone was pouring them out of a barrel. And it was in this vision that the Lord told me, Celestial, nobody is going to waste money on getting iron chains for Americans. Plastic is cheap. That's what the Lord said. No one's going to chain them up with metal chains as they chained up um, the Africans many hundreds of years ago. The Americans will be chained up with zip ties. And so I saw a vision of somebody's hands who had been zip tied so tightly that the flesh had puffed up and it had turned purple because of how tightly the zip was pulled. And uh, there was nothing they could do about it. That was the last vision that I saw. And the Lord said, this is a stiff-necked nation. This nation will be called Iron Boot and Iron Neck, meaning that the same shackles of iron that were put on the African-Americans and put on their necks will be in the last days placed on the end times population of the United States. This is what the Lord said. They will be naked and afraid. The things that they love to do to taunt me will be turned right back on them. They have flaunted their nakedness before me and naked will they go into their captivity. I've said on this blog, males, females, you need to be demure. Modesty is profitable in these last days. There's no need to advertise your flesh. After all, God didn't create you as a woman to be the sexual companion of multiple men. Don't let the sexual revolution of the 60s or the 50s or the whatever these fool you. You are not meant to lie down and copulate with multiple men. You were created for relationship with one man. And this is the same for men. You were not created to spread your seed as far and wide as you can. This is not the age of empire building. You're not amazing and you're not prolific because of how many women you've slept with. One of the greatest things a man can do is to find and keep 
the love and attention of one woman. So I've seen that people who like the naked lifestyle, people who follow the fashion, people who need to flash the cleavage or men who need to wear suits and outfits that outline every single one of their 15 pectoral muscles or whatever it is, men who like to wear pants that are so tight that they just almost seem like leggings and all that stuff. I saw that these people did not escape these judgment. I shared on Facebook that one picture that I saw that was so painful was of an African-American woman, uh, very voluptuous. That's another thing the Lord has said, that people who are of a different presentation to the captors will be a very high interest to them. So that I, I saw that um, these men were fascinated by the large shapes that, that are present in the African-American community. I saw a soldier running his hands over the hips of a naked woman and she had a ring in her nipple. He rubbed his hands all over her and she was like, <laughs> and then he just went, I have no reason on God's green earth to come on the internet and say things that are not true. The internet is one of the most risky places that I, <laughs> as somebody with a legal background, would ever think of coming to put myself, put myself out there and say these things. I could not possibly say these things if I had not seen these things, because that would be an imagination that is legendary. People say that God cannot possibly be so explicit. Brothers and sisters, God sees everything. God is the one who created flies and spiders. And we know that flies and spiders and other insects do not have a single retina like we do. They have what is called compound eyes, which means that they can see from all angles. And this explains why flies, spiders, and mosquitoes are so hard to catch. They can see even behind their heads. We can't. God has compound eyes. He sees it all. And on occasion, he shows those things to me. Things that just baffle, baffle me. I saw that man just rip. It was a little hoop earring. She was completely naked and he just ripped it out of her nipple. And then he just carried on moving down the line of naked people. I am not going to be a part of any naked group. I'm not going to make a prophecy out of this, but I will just share that this morning the Lord woke me up and he told me that the bitter cup is ready. That's in the prophecy blood to drink. The bitter cup. If you haven't watched that prophecy, if you have not shared that prophecy with the mockers, the scoffers, and also the believers in your life, I strongly encourage you to do so. He said the bitter cup is ready, and he said that he will pour out that cup on New York City. That cup is for America, but God has, hmm, he has something special in mind for New York City, the home of Celestial. So this is the prophecy 
sedition and the fall. I'll be back with another video. Until then, visit the blog, read these prophecies in real life, real time for yourself. Take your time. The blog has been up almost two years. By the grace of God, I'm not going anywhere. I count it an honor to be called by the Lord to do this work for him. This is Celestial at the Master's Voice. Until then, bye.